Do you smell that? It smells like burning bread. It does smell like burning mm-hmm. bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a funny you should make that comment. Why don't you explain to the listeners what you see around you right, right so now? Primarily, I see your face. <laughs> that takes up most of my field of view. Oh my God, that smells real strong. I mean, it smells good. It does smell very good. I don't good. particularly love burnt bread eating, like eating burnt bread. Yeah. But I love the smell. It's a great smell. Anywho. Yeah, so the listeners, this is a bit of a special episode of the podcast. We are doing this one in person. We are. Every uh, every episode before this, we've, of course, done from each of our homes. But yeah. We just happened to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So we figured, why not do a, do an episode? Plus, it's been a few weeks since we've done one at this point. Yeah. I know for the listeners, it probably won't feel like that long. Right. I mean, who knows yeah. when this will be out yeah. relative to the other ones. But you know, at this point, we are still recording this not having... Released the podcast to the masses. Yeah, where do you want to start? I just want to say real quick, you know, to put a paint a picture a little bit more to the listeners. Oh yeah, we're currently in my kitchen. Yeah, I live on the third floor of a traditional walk-up style apartment, so it gets quite hot even during the winter. It's not during the winter right now, but it's a chilly day, so we have the windows open so we don't die. So you may hear some crickets in the background. It's it's ambiance more than anything else. So I just want to get that out there, just so people don't think we're just like hanging out outside or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. recording like barbarians mm. on a no, Zoom. No, no, no of course not. Of course not. So where were we? There's fanny pack follow up and paper straw follow up. I'm excited about both of those. I don't remember the fanny pack follow up. It's been quite a while. Oh, that's a damn shame. I know. I'm sure, let me. Maybe well, I'll actually, think of it. Since I'm here with you in person, can I see your fanny pack? Oh, absolutely. Where is Wait, it? Let me go get it. Wow. So I'm I'm currently wearing my fanny pack right it now. It is way brighter than I thought it was. <laughs> it's so yellow. Oh my God. What did you think it was going to be? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe a little bit softer, maybe a little tamer. Yeah. What color would you describe this as? Like a lemon. It's just a lemon. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's almost worse than yeah, a lemon. It might be even brighter. I would think of it as, this may be a too specific of a reference for some listeners, but if you've ever been to Wildwood in New Jersey or Atlantic City or another classic Jersey Shore tourist destination, do you have these like shacks that are on the boardwalk? Some of them sell food. Some of them are like sort of, you know, arcade game, carnival game style shacks. And some sell incredibly gaudy merchandise. And there was a period of time, maybe when I was like 14 or 15, where this was like early internet, kind of like early meme sort of stuff. Early but they meme. would put these like early memes, like things like it would just be a shirt that would just say cool story, bro, on it. But the color of the shirt would be like the gaudiest neon mm. yellow or green or pink or like some incredibly horrid color. And that color yellow is the same color as the fanny pack that I'm wearing right now, which I'm actually going to take off because it's a little. It's a little tight. tight. Yeah, it's a little tight. We just <laughs> well, ate some burritos. So I'm... that's true. We did just eat some burritos. Uh, they were good. <laughs> just fucking. They up. were good. I, I think I remember what my follow up was for that. Oh, maybe when I wrote this follow up bit in the notes, I was at an impasse, which I've seemed to maybe overcome. But my initial thought was, what am I actually bringing in the fanny pack that doesn't fit in my pocket, mm-hmm. or is then or too just too big for the fanny pack, right? Like. My phone fits in there, my wallet fits in there, my keys, my AirPods, those all fit in the fanny pack. Those are also all things I can put in my pocket, depending mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the pants I'm wearing. Of course. 
But if I wanted to bring anything else with me on a quick trip out, it would be too big to fit in the fanny pack. I mean, it would be a bottle of water. It would be, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was going to say, what else would you want to bring on a short journey? Exactly. Exactly. So that's the kind of question I'm having is like, so what is really the fanny pack for? But I found a solution recently when I'm doing field jobs, I'm doing shoots. The fanny pack is a perfect thing. It fits on the, the left side of my waist and on the right side is where I keep the recorder bag with the uh. recorder and the, the lav mic receivers and all that shit. So I have that on one side. And then on the other side, I have the fanny pack. And in the fanny pack, I have my like accessories for my lav microphones. I have spare batteries. Ooh. I have all the straps for wow. attaching a microphone to someone. It's incredibly convenient. I'm very happy that I've discovered this as like a possible use for the fanny pack. Because mm. other than that, I wear a backpack. And have the oh. shoulder strap back with wow. the mix. It was horrible. It was just, it killed my back and my neck. So that's my fanny pack. Uh, I, my solution. To, not that there was a problem to begin with, because it's awesome. I remember, though, when you first mentioned the fanny pack, you mentioned that one use that you enjoyed out of it was, for example, being able to go for a run. Yeah. Without yeah. having all your crap jingling, jingling in your pockets. Or oh, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. That's a fair use I think, case. Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, outside of that use case where you're not wanting to have anything in your pocket, the fanny pack is like amazing for that, of course. But outside of that, it's kind of hard to find exactly what goes in there. Yeah, I, I just don't think it has to be yellow. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Anyway, what's the what's the other piece of follow up we have? Uh, okay, so I'm going to send you a link. Oh. Whoop. So, what is the first thing you think of when you look at this website? What is the what is the, what is the name of the company? What do they seem to be selling as a product? Let's see. The link is to a page for the Sustainable Agave Company, your biodegradable <laughs> solution. 100% natural and f- environmentally friendly. So I would assume this has something to do with tequila. <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? Yeah. I'm wrong? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, what is it for? Keep calling. Keep calling. Oh, let's see. Okay. Of using agave straws. Straws? Yeah. Made out of agave? Yeah. Agave straws don't break down in liquid like paper straws. Safe to use in any drink, hot or cold. 100% organic and gluten-free. What? That's crazy. Without a doubt, the best alternative to a plastic straw I've ever come across. Have you tried these? Yes. Oh, what? Uh, I forget. It was a coffee shop. I remember I, I took the wrapping off the straw, and I put the straw in the drink. Not even thinking. Normally, if it's a paper straw, you can tell right away. And I put it in the drink, not even thinking about it. And then as soon as I went to take my first sip, I was like, holy shit, this is not a plastic straw. This is something else. This is something else. <laughs> and I kept the wrapper <laughs> for the straw. And I put it in my pocket because I was like, I can't forget about this. <laughs> I've lost the wrapper, but I, at least I wrote it down. <laughs> so we remember what it is. I guess I don't know enough about what exactly agave is. I know it's a plant. Yeah, it's a plant, yeah. But how the hell do you make a straw out of a I plant? I don't know. I don't know. But they've done a great job with it. Well, I, out of this plant, like for example, paper straws, bamboo straws, yeah, that kind of that I can imagine, yeah. But we, we'll include a picture in the show notes to this page, yeah. When you click on the page, one of the first things you see are pictures of agave, a field of agave plants. That's that's wild. I I had no idea. Well, I mean, what an innovative coffee shop. I do I do find it a little bit, would you say, ironic that they gave it to you with plastic wrapping? No, it was paper wrapping. Oh, paper wrapping. Yeah, it was paper wrapping. Oh, yeah. My bad for assuming. Yeah. How much has do these cost? Eight of them for seventy one fifty. No, I don't think sale? it's eight. Eight inches. Oh, eight inches. 
500. Oh, okay, that's better. Wait, regular, unwrapped. Wait, no, 5,000. What? Okay, 5,000 I mean, for $105. Well, you should make a purchase, and then you'll have a supply for years to come. That's a good point. Are they single use, I presume? Yeah, they're single use. 5,000 is a lot. Well, yeah, for sure, but I'm saying like... <laughs> that's a okay, lot. They're, they're 100% biodegradable, so you can just... Is, is this the kind of thing where it's like an orange peel and you could just toss it onto the street into like a little I didn't do that. Trees? I guess you theoretically could. I mean, here's the question. I mean, how biodegradable is it? I mean, if it's I mean, one, you're I mean, biodegradable, okay, yeah. but if you throw yourself into isn't, a... Isn't everything... No, I'm kidding. I don't know what the definition of biodegradable is. Yeah, I don't know either because, I mean, technically, you know, if, God forbid if you died and I just you know, threw you on the side of the road, you'd biodegrade, but oh, like, it would take see. a long time. You know, Biodegradable... Capable of being decomposed by bacteria or other living organisms and thereby avoiding pollution. But how long does it take? Yeah, that gives no That's indication. Doesn't give a, that doesn't give enough context. I do wonder how much agave is required to make you know, orders That's of this magnitude. That's a great magnitude. question. If these take off, does that like endanger the species of the agave plant? Yeah, like almonds? What, what do you mean? All, almond like almonds? No, like almond, <laughs> almond milk is like very unsustainable. I did not know. I'm going to look it up. How I much. know that it's unsustainable because it takes a lot of water. But Ex- exactly, exactly. But I can't imagine like you're going to run out of almond seeds. Well, it, it, not it's unsustainable. It's it's inefficient. Inefficient. And there's better use of water. Than right. It. To grow one almond requires 1.1 gallons of water. That's insane. That is. So That's so stupid. much water. Oh my god. Man, I got to stop buying. Think almonds. about all the water you drank today. I drank nowhere near that much water. I know. That's not enough. Nowhere near enough. Crazy. Crazy. Well, great find. I Very no good idea. find. I'm glad you brought this up to us. You know, hopefully in the future, listeners will be able to give us some feedback and uh, we'll find out about these things a little bit more quickly. Agave requires little attention to thrive. Water the plant every four to five days for the first month or two. After established, agave needs to be watered only two or three times a month in the summer or more if you're in a desert location. Okay. So we'll see. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's, that's pretty good. So I got a question for you. Okay. People usually refer to this kind of thing as your EDC. Stands for everyday carry. Electric Daisy Carnival? No. (laughs) Everyday carry. Okay. And there's a whole community built around this sort of thing of people kind of talking about what they have on their person every day, what Mm -hmm. they choose to carry, Mm -hmm. how they carry it. So on that note, Tyler, Mm -hmm. what do you carry on your every day? You Go for a job. Does it change day to day? For a jo- for a job? Well, in, in general, like when you leave your home, what do you have in my your, home? What do you have in your pockets? Phone, wallet, keys. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No headphones. Depends where I'm going. You going to work? I don't wear headphones to work. It's so close. I don't need to bring headphones. Mm. What if you go to a grocery store? Usually, I don't bring headphones. Really? I can't focus on anything. On anything? <laughs> yeah, I can't focus. I can't focus on the music. I can't focus on. The groceries. It's just bad. What is the breakdown of the distribution between your pockets? Phone, right pocket, wallet, left pocket. Keys on the loophole of my belt mm-hmm. on the right side in the back, tucked into the pocket. Are you ever wearing something that doesn't have a loophole? You, usually I am. If I am, the way I just said it makes it sound like I wear things with loopholes all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not even close to being the case. I wear things with loopholes only on two occasions. Going to a field job or going to a, something of a special occasion. 
Otherwise, I wear sweatpants everywhere. So what do you do in that case? I put the keys in my, if there's a back pocket, I'll put them in the back pocket. Mm-hmm. If there is not a back pocket, I'll put them in the left pocket with the wallet. And where I get to where, when I get to where I'm going, I take everything out of my pockets, including my phone, my wallet, my keys, everything out, and just put it in a pile, if that's acceptable, mm. which usually it is, because I'm at the shop or at the studio or something. What if you're going to a restaurant? I'll wear pants. That's a special occasion. Mm. So, you, so you never run into the occasion where your keys are in your back pocket, you sit down, they stab your ass. I used to run into that position, uh, which is why I, I stopped. <laughs> How many times did it have to happen? Like once. You <laughs> and and you're like, like, I need to fix this. this, man. <laughs> yeah, only once. But it changes. I mean, it changes. On, it depends on where I'm going. When it comes to the basics, it's those three things. I don't like to carry other things. I don't like to carry another bag. That's why I got the fanny pack in the first place. <laughs> Last bit for it on your side. Mm-hmm. What is on your keychain? Uh, so... <laughs> Sigh. I know. It's a weird thing because I have my my apartment has two keys. Through well, there's four for my apartment. One for the front door, like the very front door. One for the apartment itself, and then I have two more keys. One is for the mailbox, and then one is for the bottom lock on our door. So I have those. I don't know why I keep the bottom one. It's just it's like just in case, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like in the freak situation where I have to. Unlock the bottom of my door. It's the only reason I keep it. I keep. Oh man, you're gonna hate that. Let me. I'm gonna get. It's gonna get worse as we go on. Oh no. I have the shop that I work at, the studio. I have a key to the studio itself. I have a key to the repair shop, and I have a key for the deadbolt to the repair shop that mm. doesn't work with the deadbolt. Mm. That's useful. Yeah. And then I have. A third ring. So those are each one of those things that are described around separate key rings. That's the studio work. Uh, work is on. No, no. It's like there's the ma- the master ring. Sure. And then I have one other ring on there with my home. Okay. One ring with my work stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have a third ring. That's my miscellaneous ring. On that ring, I have a bottle opener from Insomnia Cookies that I got my freshman year of college that doesn't work anymore. It barely works at all. It wasn't great to begin with. It was not great to begin with. <laughs> I have the lock to my bike lock, which I never used. <laughs> you never used it? I used to, but now I don't ride my bike anywhere. Okay. So I don't use it, but I keep it on my keychain nonetheless. And then I have our rehearsal space key. So that's what I keep. I have a lot of useless shit on my keychain. So what do you have in your... What's, wait, wait, before, any comments about... Um, I know it's inefficient, so... Yeah, it's ineff- you know, it's not great. <laughs> I don't think you need all those key rings for it. I think you could really simplify it. They all look so similar. Well, because everyone uses the same shop to get the keys copied at. Well, you can engrave them. I could do that. Okay, so there's there's that. You know, if there's a key that, for example, the the deadbolt of yeah. the repair shop. Yeah, you don't need it. Well, what? Just in case. Just in case it starts working, and then it, <laughs> <laughs> and then you need. Just it. in case, not only just in case it gets locked, which it uh, rarely does. Hmm. Not only that, because it doesn't work for anyone. Hmm. No one can actually lock it. Do you still have all your keys on a carabiner? Yeah, I do. I've had that carabiner for a long Ages, yeah. time. Yeah. It's, it's not small. It's not small. I'm, no, I'm, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm impressed that all of this fits even remotely comfortably in your pocket when you're forced to use a pocket. I'm I'm surprised. I almost I sometimes I forget they're there. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Okay. It's just a lot of junk in the trunk, you know. It all gets lost back there. I'm not judging your uh, your key setup. I was okay. I was just I I actually really 
I remembered your your key setup from mm-hmm. from way back when. It hasn't really changed much. You've no. added a few keys, but that's about it. No, I was more curious about your um your your pocket distribution. Well, what's your pocket distribution? Very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. I pretty much always leave the house with phone, wallet, keys, headphones. Where always. do you put Where do you put them? Because I where do I put always what? struggle. I'm like, what the fuck? Which pocket am I put my headphones in? Okay, so there there are a few solutions here, but I have one big preference. Okay, so of course, similar to you, I keep my phone in my right pocket. I keep my wallet and my keys in my left pocket. Mm-hmm. On my keys, just to knock it out, I have my two apartment keys, my one mail key, the key to our rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. I also have my eargasms. Oh, you always have those with you. Always have my eargasms. Uh, so, the fair. listeners, for the listeners who may have not heard that word before, eargasms are a product. I don't know if the company is called eargasm, but eargasms are, are a product that are. Essentially, just fancy earplugs. Yeah, they have filters on them that only try to filter certain frequencies out. Well, it reduces dB. It reduces dB overall. Yeah. Overall, for sure. So dB being you know noise level decibels. Yeah. So it reduces the the noise level overall for what you're listening to, but it also tries to not muffle certain frequencies. Mm-hmm. And so the idea being that you wear them when you are listening to music, or when you're going to a show, or something like that, or even when you're speaking to people. Mm-hmm. And things still sound good, yeah. But just which they do, quieter. which they, they do. do. They, they totally do. deliver. I'm yeah. an incredibly huge fan. And so these things have a wonderful little, like, carrying, almost like a large pill-shaped case that they fit on. Yeah. And they pop right onto your keychain. It is excellent. Um, I think we mentioned in a previous episode that we're both very careful with our ears. Yeah. Um, they're very important to me. <laughs> and um, use them a lot. <laughs> yep, I use them a lot. Yeah. So it's great to always have those on me. You know, if we ever go to the movies. Wear them, wear them at the movies. Oh, really? Oh, exclusive. Yeah, the movies are so loud. You ever bring a decibel meter to the movies? Me I've too. actually never brought it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say. I can't say that I have. Well, it's, it's yeah. Well, it's loud. It's loud. Yeah, I never thought the movies were that loud. <laughs> oh, they're definitely, especially IMAX. Oh, I don't really go to IMAX. Mm. Well, I did go to see Kanye West's uh, music video vid- thing in IMAX mm. over way last back when, way back when fall. Mm. That was that was super, but it was awesome. I was like, "Yes." Well, okay, so there's Oregon, that. You know, a loud, you know, obviously shows rehearsal. Oh, yeah, of loud course. bars. Yeah, anything like that. If I'm not listening to something with um, headphones on in the subway, I'll wear earplugs in the subway. Oh yeah. But anyway, yeah. there's that, and that's it. To answer your question, to be clear, this is the question about where, where do I keep, you my keep your headphones? Yes. Oh, do you have so, a thing for them, like a sleeve or something? We we both have AirPod Pros. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the best headphone on the market. The best. Yeah. Sorry, the best. Um, in my opinion, the best true wireless. True wireless in ear. In ear. In ear headphone. Yes. So yes, I I really really struggled with these. I really struggled with my search for headphones in general before the AirPods yeah. Pro came out. Yeah. You remember this? I was. I remember. I was trying so many of them out, but yeah. even after I settled on on these, I I knew that I needed a solution to carry them because the thing was. Previously, when I tried the the standard AirPods before the Pros came out, I would just keep them in my left pocket along with my keys and my wallet sometimes. Oh, okay. And then other times I would try to keep them in the same pocket as my phone. There were, and Nothing was really yeah. particularly comfortable. Yeah. There are a group of people out there who enjoy keeping these kinds of like wireless headphones that come with the low case inside of, I don't know if there's a proper term for it, but like the oh. coin pocket. In like yeah, jeans and stuff yeah, like that. There's yeah, yeah. a small pocket on the right side. Yeah. 
a lot of times it'll comfortably fit in there. I'll have that and on that's here. a good solution. But yeah. what I ended up doing is I got a case for my case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's an awesome leather case from a company I really enjoy called 12 South. I can put a link in the show notes. And essentially these things come with like the babyest carabiner mm. and I will clip them to my belt loop as well. Mm-hmm. The same way the you do with your keys, in the back in the front. In the front. And so I always have them right there. Yeah. You know, I I did have to take a moment to be okay with the fact that it kind of seems like I have like a 90s dad pager sometimes <laughs> on my waist. But boy is it fantastic. Ugh. I remember being at the office for example and just having them on my waist pretty much at all times are they're so accessible. I got really really good at being able to put them in and out with one hand and Ooh. just super fast and super accessible. And yeah. so I, I am someone who enjoys wearing headphones so much all the time. Mm-hmm. I just listen to audiobooks constantly. Yeah. And so being able to get up from my desk and in like three seconds, like flip them one hand, flip it open, bam, pop in. I'm listening like on my walk to the bathroom, essentially. So like, I don't, I don't let a moment go by. Mm-hmm. Or if some, I'm listening to something, someone comes over, like pop them out, bam, right into the case, bam. Yeah. And it's awesome. So, I've been a super, super big fan of that. Um, that That is a solution that I'm really happy with. What if you don't have belt loops on your pants? I'm trying to think. The only time that I wouldn't have that is if I am in like workout shorts. All yeah. my other clothes yeah. have that. Yeah. In that case, if I'm at a gym, I will leave the case in like a locker or like with my stuff or whatever. Yeah. If I'm going out for a run, I just won't bring the case. Mm. And that's it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I was thinking about that. I forget when this was where I was going somewhere. I think it might have been the gym. Yeah, I was, go- I was going to the gym and I brought the case with me. Mm-hmm. Or I, no, I didn't bring the I was thinking, where am I going to put the case mm-hmm. for the AirPods? And I realized, wait a second, I need to bring these things. Because I'm not going to take them off at, at any point between leaving my house and returning to my house. Right. So then I am go to the gym doing my thing. It's great. I don't have to worry about it. I'm walking back. I take one of my ear, my AirPods out just to scratch my ear, just because it was a little itchy. And I fumble with it and I fucking drop it oh. on the street. And I was like, I can't just put this back in. My, <laughs> I can't just put this back in my ear. It's covered in you know street street. Yeah. <laughs> so I just put it in my bag, just like nilly willy, just let it kind of hanging out in there. So that was when that came around to bite me in the butt. But I've done it several times after that, and I've had no problems. Yeah, it's been fine. But it is a big problem that I face. Like perfect examples, like if I'm going to visit someone, go hang out with friends, uh, and they're on the they're a subway right away. Like I don't know what to do with the case. Like I don't want to put it in my pocket with my where it ends up going usually is in the pocket with my wallet, right at the bottom of that pocket, Mm -hmm. underneath the wallet. I put it in the back pocket, then I sit on it. Put it in my phone pocket. I take my phone out and it goes bleep, goes flying. So there's really only one option, which is that left pocket. But it is cumbersome sometimes, and sometimes I forget that it's there, and I'm like, oh my god, where are my AirPods? Oh, lost my headphones. Yeah. Oh, they're right there. Speaking of, I have a pick in my pocket. When you're listening back to, oh, actually, you just took out a pick. Yeah. That is what I keep in the coin pocket, by the way. Oh, the that's a good. Idea. That I always put that's a good idea. There. Well, when you're listening back to this episode, reminiscing. Take a look at the show notes. Maybe check out the the case. That Maybe I, I will. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I don't wear like I said before. I don't wear a lot of pants with the loops on them. Sweatpants gang, mm. athleisure. Mm. Well, so the reason, one of the reasons I brought this topic up in, in the first place. Yeah, I was going to say why do why are we talking about this? Is because something I that, like it, but <laughs> something that perplexes me. Yeah, is that there are people that with changes in the seasons and changes in their outfit, 
change the location of these certain items that they carry with them what? every day. There are certain people that in the fall or the winter will wear a jacket or an overcoat or some sort, and they will keep their phone in their like jacket pocket, the in the inside pocket or something like that. Or I've the seen phone other, on the inside, yeah, yeah, of their like jacket pocket. I, I've seen other people who on days where they wear a shirt with a shirt pocket, or you'd keep like a pen or something, they pop their phone in there sometimes. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, it's comfortable. You know, I'm wearing my jacket. It's easily accessible. I'm like, I don't see why in the world you would change the place that you have the thing all the time. Like you have the muscle. I have like literally if I'm leaving and I like, I just do the quick pats on my, on my my pockets. Exactly. The the pats are like the three pats. Yeah. In my case, it's two. In your case, it's two. Yeah. And that's just the muscle memory is there. I'm going to reach for it there every single time. Yeah. I, it, I'm just really confused by the idea that if I'm wearing a jacket, I'd be like, oh, you know what? Let me change this thing that I do the exact same way all year round, except for when I'm wearing a certain item of clothing. I'm just going to pop it in that pocket. That's that, fucked me up so many times, dude. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I, I presume you, from your reaction that you are not one of these I don't people. do it. I will say there's one exception. Oh. I was looking, I kept looking off to the side while you were saying that, looking at all of the coats that are hanging on the, the door. Mm-hmm. I have the one coat that I wear in the winter, in the dead winter. This is my like the the heaviest coat I own. It's like a parka. Oh, I know it. It's so big it goes past my pants pocket. Mm. So I can't actually really easily get into my pocket to pull out my phone or something like that. Especially if I'm wearing gloves or mm. some shit like that. That is when I'll keep the phone okay. in the the pocket of the parka. Let me tell you why that's okay. Just because it's it's easier to grab. I think. But it's so, on the same side. I'm yes, never yes. fucking putting it inside or okay. some crazy. That's shit exactly like that. what I was going to say. I'm now thinking the the only times that I would do ever do that are for the exact same reason. If I'm wearing like my biggest winter coat on the day of the blizzard, yeah, it's going to be in the coat pocket solely because yeah, it goes it goes below my waist and it's yeah. a little bit inconvenient sometimes to reach down. But the point being that it's in the pocket that is essentially just where that other pocket yeah. normally is. Yeah, like I reach in on that pocket, it's. Like an inch away from where it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So I still pat in the same area. It's still there. Yeah. The muscle memory is essentially unchanged. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is also a thing. It's like if you're the type of person where you can very easily handle those types of changes in your day to day, sure. But I feel like I'm like this and maybe you are as well. Like I can't, my brain cannot easily register and remember those changes. If things are very routine, it's easy for me to remember. If they're not routine, I forget things a lot. So if my phone and my wallet and my keys are always in the same spot, I will always remember to check for them. And I know I will, they will always be there and I won't forget them. But if I move somebody to somewhere else, like if I walk out of the, the house with my phone in the inside pocket of my jacket, the likelihood I'm going to remember that by the time I get to the three blocks away to where I was going is extremely low. Yeah, plus what would happen to me is I'd put it in there. I'd go to reach for my phone in my pants pocket, and like yeah. I'd have this moment of panic, and yeah. be like, whoa, what's going on? What happened yeah. to my phone? And then it, like, you know, five seconds later, I'll be like, oh, my God, why am I such a dumbass? Why did I put it in my shirt you pocket? You don't want to have that experience. There's no reason. No. No reason. Glad uh, we agree on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were sort of talking about this earlier today, and we thought it would be a good idea to kind of stop the conversation short. And maybe revisit it a little bit on the podcast because I think it's an interesting conversation. I think other folks can relate to it too. Excuse me, it's a what conversation? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good conversation. (laughs) I'll let it slide. (laughs) It's a good conversation. 
and maybe we other folks would be interested in or maybe could relate to it. But playing video games as a kid, every of course we all played different video games that were like our favorites as a kid. Personally, for me, when I was really young, Super Mario World Two or Super Mario Bros Two, whichever the one was for the SNES that was on the SNES that was also released for was it the Cape one? The one with the cape, yeah. It was also on Game the, Boy. The, yes, the yellow cape. Yeah, yeah. Yellow cape. Which is, one is that? Yeah, yeah. I think some of them were called like, I forget. The, I, some of them were called like Advanced. I think that's because it was on, on the, the Game Boy. On the Game that's Boy. That's the thing. I, I only I first played it on the Game Boy. Yeah, me too. I think was the, I think it was Super Mario World too. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it right. was. I yeah. think you're right. That was the first game as a kid I was really into. Me too. Um, I had it on my Game Boy SP or whatever. The square one that flipped open. The square one. Yeah, I had both. I had the color. No, not the color. I had the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. and I also had the Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah, we had both as well. Yeah. I remember the I had the the Advanced, and we knew that for some reason we knew that the SP was coming out, like it had been announced. Yeah, it was coming out like two months later, but it was my birthday, and I just I really wanted it, and I just wanted to play it. Yeah, and so I got we got the Advanced, and then my brother like two months later got the SP for his birthday, oh, like one month shit. later. Yeah, and the SP was just so much better. Yeah, because it was green. It has backlit. It was, yeah. it was backlit. I had to get they sold. A th- like the an light? attachment for the light <laughs> yeah. that you'd clip onto your Game Boy yep. and it would shine a light so I could I play that. it like in the darker environment. Yeah, I remember that. It was horrible. Yeah, it, was, it was so bad. I was so jealous of my brother's SP. It was so nice. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was my first video game that I played. What I remember really loving about that game was the sense of mystery in the game and how you knew, I mean, you talked to your friends about it that also had the game, and you played a little bit, and as you started to play more and more, and you get more into it, you realize there are all these little hidden, like, secret ways of, of finishing certain levels, and, like, secret, there's, like, the Star Road, there's always you can shortcuts and, like, secret hidden boo mansions and all this, like, crazy shit. And I remember feeling it was, like it was the most magical experience, like, playing that game and beating the game all the way through and then going back through again and, like, very thoroughly checking every corner of every level, try to find every little thing that maybe could unlock something else and something new. And I had no guide. It was just very like pure exploratory. And I really loved that about it. And then when I went to play, starting playing Pokemon games, it was a similar experience of like not having the guidebook and knowing that like you see that blank entry in the Pokedex. You're like, how do I get that? (laughs) Where is that Pokemon? And we were talking about how the experience of playing video games with things like the internet has been so fundamentally changed because this idea of like, there's this lore behind the video games and there are, there's this mysterious aspect of it. Like all you need to do is very quickly browse through YouTube or browse through Google. And there are, you'll find that clickbaity video. That's like top 10 secrets about super Mario world mm. two that you wish you knew about, you yeah. know, things like that. When I was a kid, I, I, I couldn't even really imagine beating the game for a while. Yeah. Like I didn't, yeah, like that, that, that notion was strange to me. I was yeah. like, Oh my God, like there's an end to this. Like this game, like I found it, some of the levels so difficult. I found as, I as used to kid. cry. It was so difficult. <laughs> and I remember one, one time my cousin, I forget how old she was at the time, but she came yeah. to visit one summer and I don't know why, but she played the game and she was like, Oh, like I, I rocked this game yeah. and she like beat the entire game in front of me. And like, as I was watching like levels that I could never get past and she would do it. And I'd be like, Whoa, I was like, I didn't even know this part of the game existed. I'd just been playing these other levels over and over again. Like, that's amazing. Like, Bowser's yeah. in this game? Yeah. Like, there's a final boss? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Yeah. My dad had this friend in Virginia, and I went to visit them one summer. 
the only thing they had there, they had a pool, which I wasn't really big into, and they had a Super Nintendo, like the original Super Nintendo. And so we would just hang out in the basement, me and I think he had a daughter that was like my age. And we would hang out in the basement with my sister and we would just play Mario World 2. And we both were, I mean, I was terrible at it because I was coming from the Game Boy. But then she had an older brother who was like the big kid. And he, she was like, oh, my brother's really good at this game. And I was like, ah, let's see, what can he do? And he came in and he fucking, he beat that shit so fast. I was like, what the hell? I mean, he had had, at that point, like, you know, 10 years of experience on the game over, you know, me. Still, it was an incredible experience just to, like, see that in front of you and just be like, oh, my God, what? But I just feel like, I don't know, maybe maybe for other people it's different. I mean, it's hard to say now because I'm not a kid anymore and I don't have, like, older siblings or friends with older siblings. And we're not just, like, getting together and playing video games. That's not really what I do with my friends. But yeah, I don't know what the experience is like now for kids. But I think the... The the experience of playing a video game in a vacuum is pretty much lost. It's pretty much lost. Yeah, and I really really valued that as a kid, and that totally. informed a lot of the things I'm interested in as Absolutely. an adult. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great point. That now it's, I mean, unless you're like, you know, four years old, it's almost unavoidable. That yeah, you're just gonna be online doing things, and it's like so much of it is connected to the internet. Like, how many games? How many games are there these days where you couldn't just, like you said, look up everything about the game? Yeah, so many games are online. Or have DLC or DLC or whatever, which is fine. And it's like I think I think good overall. Yeah, it's good overall. I think it forces maybe different kinds of games and different experiences in games. I think they have to. Yeah. In in some cases, maybe like make the games more challenging in some ways or more. I don't know because they don't have to. They're also not limited either by storage space. So the games can you can just continue introduce DLC and then the game can just go on forever. Well, yeah, but I, I think at the same time, like for example, up until. I don't know, early 2000s. Yeah. Even if you wanted to, unless you got together with your friends and like you all shared knowledge of things that you'd found, there wouldn't really be a way to ensure that you knew how to play certain parts of the game or that yeah, like you could yeah. get past certain parts absolutely, of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think now it's like, as a, probably as a game designer, it's probably really difficult to design a game where it, the fun, maybe it'd still be fun, but that you couldn't just look up and know how to beat just yeah. by googling the yeah. game of the game yeah that's a great point and and also too when now when video games are released especially now that a lot of games are like sequels or remakes or things like this you know you can easily get spoiled by the games like just by keeping up with the news so i feel like developers have to work a lot harder to make sure that the game still feels like a new experience you know with the exception of like brand new games that are just coming out you know mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard to kind of like keep everything under wraps and not just everything being like the meat and potatoes content of the game, but the like deeper, like the deeper down iceberg of the game. Um, there's a great series on YouTube or a, ser- a series of several videos this guy's makes that's like the Super Mario 64 iceberg, the Legend uh, of Zelda Ocarina of Time yeah, yeah. iceberg. And it's, very, it's they're kind of cool, the Pokemon iceberg. And it's like he just goes through all the like lore of the game. And I was watching that. It really brought me back to that feeling of like when you're playing the video game and you're just like, what? You feel like it's never going to be over because you feel like, even if it's not true, you feel like there's still more secrets to the game that you haven't unlocked yet. Mm. That feels lost on me now playing certain games. Yeah. I think, well, one other thing that we were talking Nowadays. about was generally the concept of speed runs. Yeah. And I think that's actually something that the internet has been really awesome for. Because yeah, I it's think a different way of playing. Yeah. A different way of playing the game. But I think so much of the speedrunning world is influenced by 
the online community of the fact that like as yeah. soon as someone discovers a new technique, it can be shared with the entire speedrunning community yeah. for that game. Yeah. And that people can research, work together. Yeah. yeah, people can research together, push it forward and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, for for the listeners that aren't as into video games, essentially speedrunning is just what it sounds like. It's trying to beat certain aspects of the game or as fast as possible. And there are different types. There are different like types. Complete where if you 100%. complete hundred percent, there's just get to the end of the game. Any percent. Any percent. There's glitchless which is where you can't yeah. break the game. Yeah, certain games have different categories. Yeah. And with certain games, which category you do affects it a lot. I think the most famous speedrunning game, at least from my perspective, is Super Mario 64. That's one of the top ones, yeah. There, are, there had, are a few different categories there. Yeah, because well. there's the any percent. Yeah. There's all stars, yeah. glitchless. Yeah, but the glitches star. are, there's huge, glitches are a huge part of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I think if anyone's interested, even if you're not really interested in video games, yeah, I don't think you need to be interested in video games the, for this channel. There are there are two things that I think we should put in the show notes. One yeah. is a channel on YouTube called Summoning Salt, oh, it's so good. which are essentially what feel like mini documentaries. They're very well made. That are stories of the history of the world record speedruns for certain games. That's incredibly, great. incredibly well made. Yeah, those are super fun. If you see any game on that channel that you recognize. Highly recommend taking some time going to watch it. The the yeah. quality is fantastic. I'm going to watch the Super Mario World Two one later. <laughs> the other one <laughs> is one that we mentioned earlier, which I just recently discovered, which is a relatively new playlist on on some YouTube channel that's developers of video games. Oh yeah, reacting to the speed run for it. So the people who made the game have to watch, you know, like the world record speed run and just blast through their game, and they uh-huh. have they react and. Sometimes it's hilarious. Most yeah. of the time it's hilarious. <laughs> but some, some, there, there were one or two that I saw where they were just sad. They were just like, oh, God, like I spent six months on that level and they pass it in 15 seconds. Like, Jesus, all my work. So a bit of an unorthodox topic here, most likely, in, in, as far as podcasts It's going to feel really unorthodox to the people listening. Right, that's true, that's true. <laughs> They're going to be like, what? So, you know, unbeknownst to the listeners at this point in the the history of this podcast this is episode 5 yep we don't yet actually have a name for the show <laughs> at this point <laughs> and we thought it would be funny or at least fun and entertaining to discuss the options that we're considering during this episode yeah and you know that may create Surprise. that may create a whole breed of listeners who will forever be upset at us for not picking their favorite name from this conversation. And for it's that, just like I'm the sorry. conversation we had last time about the sounds. Yeah, about the sounds with transition yeah. sounds. Yeah. If you're one of the listeners that Oh. Oh, there you yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. Mm-hmm. Just let it out. There you go. Wow, keep it coming. Mm-hmm. Sorry, were you saying something? Just letting the listeners know if their name if the name that they like in our discussion, it doesn't end with the podcast name. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just as a way to protect against that, think about the name of the podcast right now, listeners. Just think about it. Look at it. Read it over and over in your heads. And just embody and accept it for what it is. And no matter what we're about to say in the next 10 to 15 minutes, don't let that affect your opinion on the name right now. I hope that you leave this conversation with the same amount of respect for us that you had going into this conversation. <laughs> the same amount of respect right. for us. They're going to lose respect for when I haven't picked a different name. 
So I don't know how you want to do this. We have quite yeah, a bit know. of names. Yeah, we have. So I don't know if we should really read them all off. I think there are definitely a few worth mentioning. Yeah, why don't we each pick three? Okay. From the list? Sure. Done. Because the thing is, I, I sort of cheated. I have one to present to you. Oh. Okay. Should I go first? Sure. Give me your three. So my three are, number one, almost about nothing. Mm-hmm. Number two, mock thoughts. Number three, the ramble void. Oh. That's a surprise. Okay, so Almost About Nothing was the pretty much the first one that we seriously considered. Yeah. The reason we haven't immediately settled on it, a few reasons. One is, I guess we generally thought, look, we're starting a podcast. We are not special in this regard. Yeah. So many people are starting podcasts. Yeah. We're just two dudes talking. Yeah. We're not people who are bringing a, a huge existing audience into this podcast. That's really not why we wanted to even make the podcast in the first place. No, 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 no. Of course not. Uh, But we were sort of thinking that as far as names go, we might as well use it as an opportunity to try to catch people's attention. Yeah. Almost about nothing, I think, is is a fine name. But I think if you're, it's one of those names that if you're scrolling along, like it'd be a great name for the podcast of like a famous person. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it also, when mentioned, has connotations to... Seinfeld? Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. A lot of people, that was, I think that was the most universal kind of like, huh? And Shakespeare. Yeah, Shakespeare, Shakespeare and Seinfeld. Though, not two horrible references. No. I, I, I understand that criticism, mm-hmm. and I, I accept that. I do think, though, topically, it is a very apt name. The problem is, what happens if we eventually settle on, you know, some sort of framework or something like that? That's a different question. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, though right now, it mm. seems like a good name. Yeah. In the long run. Could bite us in the dick. It could, yeah. <laughs> yes. It could be, it could be unbeneficial in the future. Was so. the next one Mock Thoughts? Mock Thoughts, yeah. Mock Thoughts. So with Mock Thoughts, what, what I like about it is that it's, it, it points to the, the way we kind of start every conversation on the show. Or even also the way that we organize our show notes, mm. or not our show notes, the way we topic organize our, our topic notes, is they're kind of like little ideas. Like at least for me, when when I something write something down, it's because I have a thought about something or an idea that I don't fully think through. Mm. I just throw it in the podcast list, the topic list, see if it's maybe something that might be interesting to talk about. So in the way, they're like these like mock mock thoughts. You know, it's like yeah, you know, it's like a mock up. I agree, and so I think on that front, it's like it's a, it's a cool name, and it's, it's cool also name. a fitting name. It is a fitting name, yeah. I think it's unfortunately probably doesn't match the the test of, you know, if you're scrolling through a list of podcasts, would it jump yeah, out at you? You'd be like, I, I, again, I, I think it's like, I don't want to hear some half boiled. Well, dribble. sure. But I think also if you're like, if you're more established, like if, if we've been doing this show for two years or something like that and we had a, an audience, like a show, uh, sorry, a title like Mock Thoughts is just cool. Yeah. But I think as one that we're just starting, it's harder to swing. Yeah. Third one. The Ramble Void. The Ramble Void. I so like this one. this one. So I like the Ramble. The Ramble Void is like my funny choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like, not that we do actually go into voids and we just ramble on about nothing. I feel like we're relatively concise-ish. We do like, we, we limit the amount of tangents we do. Let's put it that way. We're getting better. We're getting better at it. But I also think our tangents are like, they're not boring to me at least. They're not boring to like, me. No, they're not boring to me either. They might just be off topic, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's why I think it's kind of a funny name because it's kind of like it implies that like we just kind of cut every conversation short, but they really could just keep going on and oh, into yeah. infinity. We, we cut it for the purposes of the podcast. Yeah, and just you and I could to just, talk about things. You and I could just keep going. Yeah, because we're like we want to talk about more than one thing in five episodes, so maybe we should <laughs> cut the topics off. Right. So that's why I, th- I think it also has a kind of a cool ring to it. Feels good from that perspective. So that's why I picked that one. All right. What are your three? My picks are the Turd Tunnel. Okay. Boys with bed frames. And the last one I'll hold off until the end. Not Ooh. not because I'm trying to be too successful. It's uh, it's that right when I say it, I'd want to kind of explain it. Got you. And so I don't want to. Got you. Let, let me talk to the first two first. The Turd Tunnel. I love. Yeah, you gotta love the alliteration. I guess. <laughs> now I I understand that it's probably. You know, a name that might turn some people off from listening to the show. It's a name that might attract some other listeners. To I the feel show. like it's not that it would turn some people off; it, that it would turn me specifically off. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> I, I just potty humor is not funny to me. I'm, I'm sorry. You're the one laughing. <laughs> you got me there. Touche. So I'll settle for that one being a segment on the show. <laughs> okay. The next, Boys with Bed Frames. This one is probably, I would say, maybe the most serious contender right now. I think it is the most if serious If you're contender. listening to Boys with Bed Frames, <laughs> then you, you, you'll know that this one won. You've been waiting for the past, like, ten minutes for one of us to bring this up. Yeah, I mean, this pretty much came out of... Yeah, where did you get this idea from? Well, this was actually my girlfriend's idea. Oh! Pretty much because of... Not my history with bed frames in particular, but just that it's a it's a funny thing for men in their twenties. If we pick this name, maybe we have explained it at some point. But essentially, that you know, you're a dude, single dude in your early twenties. You got your studio apartment in Manhattan. You know, you got you're your living on St. Mark's. Yeah, you're living on St. Mark's place, and you between know. D and C. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's even considered St. Mark's there. Living on 8th Street. Living on 8th Street. Between C and D. You're living off dollar slices and 40 ounces. Yeah. You got your bed, your mattress on the floor of your studio apartment. And you just think you're the coolest guy in, in town. You're like, my parents never let me do yeah, this. My parents never let me do this. Pretty fucking cool, I guess. I don't have a bed frame, dude. And then as you get older, you know, maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe, maybe the you person in your relationship. Women in general. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe you try to meet women. You know, they come to your apartment and you're like, oh, you don't have a bed frame? And they're like, no, I'm, 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 aren't I the coolest kid in town? They're like, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> I got a thing. I got a thing. I got a thing. It, uh, you know, with a bed frame. With a be- <laughs> we're a man with a bed frame. Yep. And so then, you know, you, you get to a point in your 20s where you're like, you know what? I should probably stop this. I should probably get a bed frame. Mm-hmm. And then you get a bed frame and then life's good. And it's an so, important moment in your it's life. It's an important moment. And so the, the idea being boys with bed frames is to convey the this, you know, I guess maybe that we are responsible. <laughs> it's, I think it reflects our personalities. Yeah, definitely. We, and the the standard to which we like to hold ourselves. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It, we're in committed relationships. Yes. We have bed frames. We have bed frames. We've always had bed frames, actually. Yeah, I, I was I was going to ask if you ever have not had a bed frame. No, I've I've always had a bed frame. I've always had a bed frame as well. Yeah. Very much on purpose. Yeah. I've but I've been to many a, a, apartments where the dude 
does not have a bed frame. And you know, look, if you're, if you're a dude listening to this and you don't have a bed frame, maybe it's working for you. If it's working for you, good for you. That's great. If you're into that bohemian lifestyle. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, do what you got to do. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind. I just, I feel like, I think another important aspect to this conversation about this, this name in particular, is that we at first didn't understand it, what it meant. I didn't understand it. Man. Oh, you when, did? you, when you oh. first told it to me, I didn't get it. Oh. At all. Oh, I, I, I did. You did. Okay. Yeah. So when I first heard this name, I didn't understand it at all. What was your first impression? I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you're just I was like, like is that just a funny alliteration? More alliteration, though. Gotta I mean, yeah, you got to love alliteration. I just thought it was like, what does this mean? I, I didn't understand it. I've always had a bed frame, so. Exactly, yeah. This goes to show. But we talked to several people. Several. Several people, and several. almost everyone immediately got what we meant by that. Not only got it, but we're like, that's great. That's great, exactly. So that was, I mean, I can name off the top of my head four people, five people, several. I mean, for me personally. Yeah. Over there's some overlap, I think. You know, we told the band, and they they both got it. Yeah, the other two bandmates got it. Some other friends of mine got it immediately. Same. So Same. I don't know. I think I think it. Though I didn't get it at first, I think it is fitting. Crucially, I think it is the best one that we've mentioned so far that does fill the criteria of if you're scrolling through a bunch of podcasts and you come across boys with bed frames. Yeah, you'd be like, "What's that about?" Exactly, and and, and you'd click on it now. My my biggest reservation right now with that name is that it feels a little bit too silly. And not yeah. that we're trying to be super serious on the show. Yeah. But if you compare it, okay, so there's a difference between Mock Thoughts, which is a cool name. It's just cool, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And Boys with Bed Frames. There's a pretty stark difference there yeah. in, in tone. Yeah. And not that, not that, uh, you know, the the show Mock Thoughts has to be a super serious show. It could still be funny or, you like, know, lighthearted hello, or whatever. Welcome to Mock Thoughts. My yeah. name is Tyler and I'm here with my co-host, Santi. We're hanging out in our respective living rooms, enjoying a nice cup of tea. While we've come here to talk to you about some half-brewing thoughts we've been playing around with for the past few weeks. Oh my God. No. <laughs> it's my NPR voice. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I... I it feels a little bit silly. So the scenario that I think about in my head is if I was at like work or something like that and people are telling me like, oh, you know, what are you, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I have to record another episode from a podcast. And they're like, oh, you have a podcast. Wow, look at you. Good for you. <laughs> and then oh, I, you too? Oh, you too. Wow. <laughs> mm. uh, that's, that, you're special. So if they then ask like, oh, what's it called? And I, I'm like, well, it's called Boys with Bed Frames. I think there are certain people that I could be talking to where I probably feel a, a hint of embarrassment maybe or or yeah i don't know yeah. like I, I, I would feel similarly like if it was something that worked that like maybe was a, a much much older or above me or something like that and i respected a lot yeah like i don't know what they would think of it your parents I, ah, that's <laughs> that's fine but i just don't know how i'd feel telling them about a podcast that i have called boys with bedrooms i think they'd be really confused yeah and then i think even after i explained the name they'd be like Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. I don't know if I'm going to listen, but that. Right, bye. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. right, bye. I guess I'm never talking to you again. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's my only concern. However, maybe we're not making the show for those people. You know, I've never considered asking that question, and I think that's a very important question to ask. I've never thought about it until right when I said it. I'm getting dangerously convinced. Me too. Shit. All right. Well, well what's me, your third one? Yeah. Let me let me quickly follow the third one but it might not even matter at this point. Mm. So the third one 
was a phrase that I say fairly often. Yeah. And that is delicious jams and jellies. You know? Oh, okay. I can see it. Now, I don't want people thinking that it's a food podcast. That's exactly what I would... My first impression... I mean, I know you, of course, so when you say that, that's not what you mean. But yeah. if I didn't know you and I heard that, I would think it's a food podcast. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, like, why don't you explain well, what you mean? So- Delicious jams and jellies is a phrase that I say often to really mean anything. <laughs> Sometimes it can be food. But sometimes it really means, you know, did you did you bring the goods? Like, should I bring some delicious jams and jellies? Can be, can be chips like, and beer. Yeah, or anything fun, yeah, pretty anything. much. Yeah. The phrase... Gold bars and uh, yeah. diamonds. You know. I don't know. I guess I can give the background for the phrase really yeah. quickly. I don't know the background. Of the really? Phrase. I don't think what? so. What? No. The, the origin of the phrase is from the mid-2000s classic National Treasure. Really? Really. It is, oh, now it you is definitely have to explain movie. it because I don't know that. So I'll definitely include a link in the show notes for the viewers who are not familiar with this movie or this scene. If you haven't heard, National Treasure is a film from the 2000s where the protagonists at one point are preparing or planning to steal the Declaration of Independence. I think, the, I think what they really are trying to do is going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Exactly. Just like that. <laughs> exactly. And so in planning to do that, they're doing all this research on the security system for everything and stuff like that. And, and one of the guys on their team was like, you know, it's impossible. There's all the security stuff. And the other guy, played by Nicolas Cage, looks at him and he goes, have you heard of the preservation room? And he's like, uh, n- no. And he hands him a book. And he goes, do you know what the preservation room is for? And he, he thinks, he goes, uh, <laughs> delicious gems and jellies? You know, as <laughs> soon as you started saying that, Immediately, that scene rushed into my head, and I had a perfect, like, mental picture of that exact moment in the film. But I've never put two and two together before. I didn't know why That's that line. so funny. I don't know why that line didn't become iconic around the world. When, like, when I heard it, it just struck me, and I was like, "That is awesome! I am stealing that and using it for everything." <laughs> the line heard around the world. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. It, it, it could be too easily misconstrued. God damn, dude! I guess we got to name it. Really, from National Treasure? Yeah. I'll put the link Yo, in the show notes. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. So I guess we might call it Boys of Bed Frames. <laughs> I guess we I guess, I guess that's we're, what we're gonna call it. Yep. I don't know what people are gonna think going into this. <laughs> Having gotten into four episodes of the show, right. getting to this point and being like, Are you fucking kidding me? They don't even have a name. What were they doing? <laughs> well, we're just having a good time. We're just having a good time. Which is why we wanted to start the podcast in the first place. Yeah. I think we almost touched on that earlier, but we never quite got to this far. But we the only reason we decided to do this, apart from if something we'd been talking about doing for, I mean, years, it was just like something we wanted to do for fun just as an excuse to like hang out. You know, hopefully we provide enough entertainment for the listeners that they're having a good time and they'll stick with us. And also hopefully we'll get better at doing this over time and yeah, that'll be that. But I'm having a great time. So Me too. even if just for that, I think it's worth continuing. And uh, now that we're here, why don't you uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on, uh, on iTunes. On iTunes. <laughs> That'll really help us out. It'll really help us out. Also, Audible. We're waiting. Hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> you know how much I use Audible? Jesus. I'm sure you used, probably use it a shit ton. You, you're like a walking Audible advertisement. They should be paying you already. All right. And now for the first official Boys with Bed Frames rapid-fire okay. questions. Ice or room temperature water? So I've been drinking room temperature water, mostly because the 
bottle that I'm drinking water out of at home, the spout is too small to put normal size ice cubes in as much as I would like to put ice cubes in it. Mm. Now I could get another water bottle, but no. I just haven't. Yeah. I think if I could choose, I would choose ice. It's mm. more refreshing. Mm. You? More and more and more room temperature. Oh, how come? I like it. Ice water is like, it shocks me. It's too much. That's true. I think I've gotten used to drinking the room temperature so much yeah. that it's like now just, I almost treat it as purely hydrational and not for the refreshingness. Yeah. Yes or no answer with no explanation. Okay. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Yes. Next question. What is the largest land mammal you think you could knock out with a single punch? Probably not that large, honestly. Like, I would be hard-pressed to say if I could knock out a human with a single punch. <laughs> I feel like you got to get pretty lucky with that. You hit him just the right spot, you know? Mm-hmm. I would suppose under the right circumstances, you could maybe knock out, like, a, a monkey. I was not that you would like, want to do that, though. No, of course not. Of course. I'm thinking maybe like a small bear. A small bear. I was, yeah. If I mean, you if you hit it in just the right spot, I don't know. I think that'd be tough. I was thinking penguin. <laughs> I think I could take one of those down. Yeah, I think you could. I uh, wouldn't underestimate them. I mean, no. I, and this I, isn't I, a question of what animal do you think you could win in a fight with? No, no, of course not. That's I think, a different question. I, I, I'm sure penguins are fierce. I'm sure they are fierce. No, more so. See if I can. You had the point blank shot. Would you be confident? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. What's your favorite guitar pedal? Oh, that, um, it doesn't have to be the one you and one you own, but I oh, would okay. imagine you this probably would own your favorite. Okay, before I say it, I want you to guess in your head which pedal it is. Okay, and then let me know if you're right. I guess you made your guess. Yeah, the Electro Harmonics Polyphonic Octave Generator. Oh. No, I was thinking. Were you thinking okay. the mic ramp? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the mic ramp is just so damn good and so versatile. Yeah. It's, it's so a, helpful. It's not like a favorite, though. No. It's not like if I could only have one pedal, I'd have a mic ramp. It's like saying, like, water is like, my favorite drink. Yeah. Or like salt is your favorite seasoning. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> no, but the polyphonic octave generator, aka the pog, mm. is definitely my favorite pedal. I think yeah. it's so damn cool. Yeah. Never gets old. No. I always have fun with it. I think it's very also easy to use in a song. It's not like yeah. a, it's not some sort of like crazy flanger or phaser or something point. like that. Yeah. That you know you might like turn it up and like people are like really the flanger again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I think on this one it's like you can use it subtly. You can use it just to boost yourself. You can make yourself sound like a organ. You can make yourself sound like a, a bass. Yeah. This is a for I'm assuming for use on guitar. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what it, uh, for the listeners, a polyphonic octave generator. In this case, the the way that it works is it's essentially a pedal that lets you change your guitar signal to be in different octaves, what, while keeping your your bass guitar signal if you so choose. But so in this case, you can do one octave down, one octave up, two octaves up. Um, I don't know if it lets you do two octaves down, but that'd be crazy. It has very little um, latency too. Very little latency, and the reason the reason it's cool to me is because it's polyphonic, meaning that it's not some pedals when they let you do this whole pitch shifting stuff, really only sound good with one note at a time. Yeah, the whammy. The whammy, the Digitech whammy pedal is a is a good example of that. But the fact that this one is polyphonic means that it can just, re, it can it can handle multiple sound, multiple notes at the same time. So you can yeah. play a chord and it'll sound super cool. Yeah. What about yours? 
This is a very difficult question for me to answer. I asked because I wanted to ask you. I never intended to answer the question myself. <laughs> What's your current favorite? My current favorite? Yeah. That's what I guessed on. Were you going to say the Bit Crusher? Yes. I like that. I think it's a really cool pedal. Can you give a one-sentence, two-sentence synopsis of what it does? Yeah, so it's a, a digital Bit Crusher in the truest sense of the word. But what I like, what I think is really cool about it is the... The sound of it is awesome. It can do like crazy fuzzy like lead sounds. And it can also do kind of more subtle stuff. And with the elephone gauge, it creates a really interesting like almost like a phaser effect. It sounds like a weird phaser with like d- digital elements, which I think is kind of cool. But that's not my favorite of all time. Right. It's oh, but the Bit Crusher it's the Hex Bit Crusher 2. Hex spelled H E X E for folks interested. I have to say, I mean, I'm a very simple guitar player. I don't like crazy effects. I don't really go for crazy effects in general. I I don't find them very interesting because they're too specific. And you can do like a sound with them. And like that sound is insane and very cool. But it's very difficult for me just because my instinct is not to be using those types of effects when I'm playing. I I think it also matches your guitar playing style. Yeah. I like Like you're not a shredder. No, I'm not sure. You don't. Typically don't bend strings. No, I don't do that at all. On purpose. I almost never bend strings. I like to play chordal stuff or like single note rhythmic stuff. Mm. So most effects really don't do much. So my pedal board is super simple. I have delay, reverb, very basic, reverb, very basic delay, chorus, a microamp. And then what I was going to say, I think is my favorite, is the Jekyll and Hyde. Oh. I think that's my favorite because it does... For me, the only real effects I'm, I like to use and engage different parts of a song are how much distortion is on the guitar. How much so overdrive? Really, how much distortion? How much overdrive, yeah. I mean, with the Jacqueline Hyde, you get both. You get very fine <laughs> control. No, you do. You get both. You, both. you get distortion, you get an overdrive, and then you get a fuzz. Yep. You get both. And there are very fine controls over the sounds of both, and you can engage one or the other or both. I'm sure the latest generation Jacqueline Hyde from Visual Sound is just fine. But uh, Tyler here is... Yeah, I've been borrowing Santis for fucking so long. Well, you know, it's that's fine. Yeah. It is the original yeah. late 90s V1 gray model before yeah. they changed to the signature red model for that yeah. pedal. It's really good. It sounds great. It sounds excellent. Yeah. I mean, it... And I don't know what it is. I can't now hear my guitars another sound. Me neither. Um, I think it's like, sig- that's like my, signature at this that's point. That's my sound. You know, is that pedal... I don't know what it is about it. What it, I mean, it is supposed to be like a tube screamer. Of course, it's not a tube screamer. And I don't really know what a tube screamer actually sounds like. But it doesn't sound like this pedal. <laughs> I agree. And it's not like there aren't other distortion and overdrive pedals out there that exist. Yeah. And it, it, it's frustrating that I can't articulate exactly why I think this one is so phenomenal. Yeah, it just is but great. It, it, uh, yeah, I just don't get it like... I th- I think people can get really like caught up in overdrive pedals and some companies have like fucking 10 15 different versions of it of their of overdrive fuzz. I mean, I understand those are all different in electronic terms. Those are all very different effects, which I totally get. So I understand why they have this variety, but I just to me it's like either it sounds clean, it sounds broken up, it sounds distorted, it isn't crazy or it sounds really crazy. And what I like about the pedals that I have in my current setup is I just, each pedal just engages one of the four stages. It's clean. The microamp makes it break up a little. 
the green Jekyll and Hyde makes it distorted and the red Jekyll and Hyde makes it sound crazy. And that's all I want in my guitar tone. I don't really care for the difference. It sounds good to my ears and it works. I think it just works with my guitar. I agree. And it works with how I want to think about those kinds of effects. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Okay. Last question and then we end. Yeah, let's go. Very easy one. When was the last time you got a haircut? Uh, two weeks ago. Right? Two weeks ago? Two and a half? I don't know. At some point. Still doing it yourself? Yeah, I still do it myself. You just stand in the shower and go at it? Basically, yeah. I have a razor that I bought for $20. Years like, ago. Eh, yeah, years, years ago. It's like three years ago at this point. And for some reason, I was like, this will probably break. But I'll see how I like it. And if I do like it, I'll just buy a nicer razor. Has I haven't need one. <laughs> haven't needed one. So yeah, two and a half weeks ago. How about you? January? January. Well, Crazy. okay. We're, uh, I don't want to date this episode necessarily. So let me say um, probably about 10 months ago at this point. Damn. That's a long time. Well, I think, I mean, the last few years I've only got my hair cut once a year. Yeah. You get it. It's not like you get a cut as more as you get it kind of like trimmed, trimmed and contained. Yeah. 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 I mean, most of the time I wear it in a bun up and so I don't really need to even think about the length and the problem is I have a lot of hair. Yeah. And so if I wore it down, especially in the summer, it's just unbearable. Yeah. And the thing I'm dealing with now is I want to get it cut to a point where I can wear it down more often, where it is more bearable. But I don't want to lose the ability to be able to put it up because it's just so nice sometimes. Yeah. It's just out of my way. Yeah. Because I enjoy it. I enjoy my hair. You, It looks luscious. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I think on that note, we're going to end this episode of Boys of Bed Frames. Crazy. It's crazy. What? Is that is that a thing? I think we should do it. I mean oh. we have dude, we've been talking about this for I know. so long. I think we just need to pull the trigger. Yeah. I also think it matters so much less than we think it does. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, oh my god. It's a big day. It's a big day. <laughs>